Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Have you ever seen someone die? And if you have, were you in a position to do anything about it? If you weren't in a position to do something about it, did your heart break? Hey, Hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we consider life and work stories in light of God's story. And my friends, does it break your heart to watch people dying spiritually? As I like to say, and the words are not originally mine, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good or good people better. He came to make dead people live. In a bit, we're going to hear a bit of Jeremiah's anguish over what he sees happening to the Israelites. But as we turn to our New Testament segment, we're about to hear of Saul's dramatic conversion from persecuting the church to preaching what? (laughs) Well, listen for not only what he preaches, but how he preaches it. It's useful to consider our callings to be ministers of reconciliation And ask the question, how do we help people reconcile with God? So, you know, I will review the answers to that, the what and the how, in our closing reflection segment and give you one other thing to think about. Acts chapter 9. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. Here I am, he replied. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord told him, to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some time. Immediately, he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Isn't this the man in Jerusalem who is causing havoc for those who called on this name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him, but Saul learned of their plot. So they were watching the gates day and night, intending to kill him, but the disciples took him by night and lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, since they did not believe he was a disciple. Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road and that the Lord had talked to him and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. Saul was coming and going with him in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. And when the brothers found out, they took him down to Caesarea and set him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And that gets us up through verse 31. And did you hear that? Jesus said, when you persecute a Christian, you're persecuting him. Wow. Hey, and we'll come back to that, right? Turning back to our Old Testament segment, I'm just going to dive right in. And I want to remind you of one thing. Today, I'm going to read the headers, um, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible folks at Holman have graciously given permission to me legally to just use the CSB Bible all the time. Thank you very much. But I say that because I'm going to read the parts that are there to help you kind of set apart various sections. They're not the actual part of the text. I should It should be, should be obvious, but if you want to follow along in a text, you'll see where I'm at too. Jeremiah chapter 3, picking up in verse 6. Unfaithful Israel, treacherous Judah. In the days of King Josiah, the Lord asked me, Have you seen what unfaithful Israel has done? She has ascended every high hill and gone under every green tree to prostitute herself there. I thought, After she has done all these things, she will return to me. But she didn't return, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. I observed that it was because unfaithful Israel had committed adultery that I had sent her away and had given her a certificate of divorce. Pause. Remember, we're at the point in history when the Assyrians have already conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, and Jeremiah is prophesying to the southern kingdom of Judah, who is not yet conquered by the Babylonians. Okay. I observed that it was because unfaithful Israel had committed adultery that I had her sent away 
and had given her a certificate of divorce. Nevertheless, her treacherous sister Judah was not afraid, but also went and prostituted herself. Indifferent to her prostitution, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet in spite of all this, her treacherous sister Judah didn't return to me with all her heart, only in pretense. This is the Lord's declaration. The Lord announced to me, Unfaithful Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Go, proclaim these words to the, to the north and say, Return, unfaithful Israel. This is the Lord's declaration. I will not look on you with anger, for I am unfailing in my love. This is the Lord's declaration. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to strangers under every green tree and have not obeyed me. This is the Lord's declaration. Return, you faithless children. This is the Lord's declaration, for I am your master, and I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. I will give you shepherds who are loyal to me, and they will shepherd you with knowledge and skill. When you multiply and increase in the land, in those days, this is the Lord's declaration, no one will say again, the ark of the Lord's covenant. It will never come to mind, and no one will remember or miss it. Another one will not be made. At that time, Jerusalem will be called the Lord's throne, and all the nations will be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord in Jerusalem. They will cease to follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. In those days, the house of Judah will join with the house of Israel, and they will come together from the land of the north to the land I have given your ancestors to inherit. Next section, true repentance. I thought, how I long to make you my sons and give you a desirable land, the most beautiful inheritance of all the nations. I thought, you will call me my father and never turn away from me. However, as a woman may betray her lover, so you have betrayed me, house of Israel. This is the Lord's declaration. The sound is heard on the barren heights, the children of Israel weeping and begging for mercy, for they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, you faithless children, I will heal your unfaithfulness. Here we are, coming to you, for you are the Lord our God. Surely falsehood from the hills, commotion from the mountains, but the salvation of Israel is only in the Lord our God. From the time of our youth, the shameful one has consumed what our ancestors have worked for, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. Let us lie down in our shame. Let our disgrace cover us. We have sinned against the Lord our God, both we and our ancestors. From the time of our youth, even to this day, we have not obeyed the Lord our God. Blessing or curse? If you return, Israel, this is the Lord's declaration, you will return to me. If you remove your abhorrent idols from my presence and do not waver, then you can swear as the Lord lives. In truth, justice and righteousness, and then the nations will be blessed by him and will boast in him. For this is what the Lord says to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. Break up the unplowed ground. Do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, men of Judah and residents of Jerusalem. 
Otherwise, my wrath will break out like fire and burn with no one to extinguish it because of your evil deeds. Judgment from the North Declare in Judah, proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Blow the ram's horn throughout the land. Cry out loudly and say, Assemble yourselves and let's flee to the fortified cities. Lift up a signal flag toward Zion. Run for cover. Don't stand still. For I am bringing disaster from the north, a crushing blow. A lion has gone up from his thicket. A destroyer of nations has set out. He has left his lair to make your land a waste. Your cities will be reduced to uninhabited ruins. And because of this, put on sackcloth, mourn and wail for the Lord's burning anger has not turned away from us. On that day, this is the Lord's declaration, the king and the officials will lose their courage. The priests will tremble in fear and the prophets will be scared speechless. I said, oh no, Lord God, you have certainly deceived this people in Jerusalem by announcing you will have peace while a sword is at our throats. At that time, it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a searing wind blows from the barren heights in the wilderness on the way to my dear people. It comes not to winnow or to sift. A wind too strong for this comes at my call. Now I will pronounce judgments against them. Look, he advances like the clouds. His chariots are like a storm. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are ruined. Wash the evil from your heart, Jerusalem, so that you will be delivered. How long will you harbor malicious thoughts? For a voice announces from Dan, proclaiming malice from Mount Ephraim. Warn the nations, look, proclaim to Jerusalem, say those who are besieging are coming from a distant land. They raise their voices against the cities of Judah. They have have her surrounded like those who guard a field because she has rebelled against me. This is the Lord's declaration. Your way and your actions have brought this on you. This is your punishment. It is very bitter because it has reached your heart. Jeremiah's Lament My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in agony. Oh, the pain in my heart. My heart pounds. I cannot be silent, for you, my soul, have heard the sound of the ram's horn, the shout of battle. Disaster after disaster is reported because the whole land is destroyed. Suddenly my tents are destroyed, my tent curtains, in a moment. How long must I see the signal flag and hear the sound of the ram's horn? For my people are fools. They do not know me. They are foolish children without understanding. They are skilled in doing what is evil, but they do not know how to do what is good. I looked at the earth and it was formless and empty. I looked to the heavens and their light was gone. I looked at the mountains and they were quaking and all the hills shook. I looked and there was no human being and all the words, all the birds of the sky had fled. I looked and the fertile field was a wilderness. All its cities were torn down because of the Lord and his burning anger. For this is what the Lord says. The whole land will be a desolation, but I will not finish it off. Because of this, the earth will mourn. The skies above will grow dark. I have spoken. I have planned. 
and I will not relent or turn back from it. Every city flees at the sound of the horseman and the archer. They enter the thickets and climb among the rocks. Every city is abandoned. No inhabitant is left. And you, devastated one, what are you doing? That you dress yourself in scarlet, that you adorn yourself with gold jewelry, that you enhance your make eyes with makeup. You beautify yourself for nothing. Your lovers reject you. They intend to take your life. I hear a cry like a woman in labor, a cry of anguish like one bearing her first child. The cry of daughter Zion, gasping for breath, stretching out her hands, saying, Woe is me, for my life is weary because of the murderers. And that gets us up through chapter 4. Oh, friends. Uh, shorty little wisdom segment today. Proverbs 13, verse 18. Poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline. But the one who accepts correction will be honored. Yeah, one verse. Uh, remember that the word discipline in you know comes from the root about teaching, right? So poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline. But the one who accepts correction, meaning, okay, you're wrong on this, but here's the right idea, will be honored. And I think that kind of is a nice transition into our our uh, wisdom segment or our reflection segment today, because we're reflecting on what Paul, formerly Saul, preached. Well, in this passage, it said, Jesus is the son of God. That's what he was preaching. Now, to be fair... That's a description of that current moment as captured by Luke in a historical sense. But if you want to see the whole of what preachers preached before there was a New Testament, go read the first dozen verses of 1 Corinthians 15. The key to the whole shooting match is the resurrection, which, of course, happened because Jesus is the Son of God, right? He conquered death, (laughs) right? It's not bad people become good or good people become better. It's... It's dead people live. But notice how Paul did it. Uh, Verse 22 said, But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, A little bit later, verse 29, it said, He conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. Now, we can't go on a deep dive here, but we know the what, the content, was influenced by who Paul was speaking with. He presents the gospel differently to the Corinthian church in, for instance, 1 Corinthians 15 that I just mentioned. And he does that differently than he does to unbelievers in Acts chapter 17. But central are two things. The centrality of the resurrection And then the second being that it was demonstrated or instructed or proved. This is important, my friends, because you can and should have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, right? We don't become Christians without being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But as James tells us to discern the spirits, the Holy Spirit will never contradict Jesus. Otherwise, God would be contradicting himself, right? Never contradict Jesus and will never contradict the Bible. 
We are ministers of reconciliation, called to do so with gentleness and respect. About what? The Word, the living Word. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. His person and work are inseparable. And that is communicated with, yeah, words. Because spiritual life and death are in front of your uh, eyes, right? Right here and now. And every day we have a choice to make. And here's my question for you. It's that one other tidbit. We need to think relationally, not transactionally, right? We're not whipping out the four spiritual laws at the water cooler. We want to be in relationship so that we earn trust. And when the time is right, we tell of what Jesus did for us, right? And it's not about how, it's not about a philosophy of how I learned to live better. Living righteously is a consequence of, it's not the cause of. Center to the whole thing is passing from death to life and center to the whole thing is the resurrection. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.